Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Castaneri-King. Today I have David Lucier, who I'm delighted to finally capture. <laughs> I think the only way I could finally get you, David, is that you're, you're stuck at home. Not that you're not. Think- <laughs> Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to do this interview. Yeah, this is, this is really great. And I'm sure a lot has changed for you under these conditions. So we'll we certainly want to hear how this has all affected you being under the COVID-19 restrictions. Only, only like everything, only like everything's changed overnight. But right, right, right. <laughs> apart, from that, apart from that, everything is the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all different. Right. Okay, so I always talk about um, background. Everybody likes to know, were you always a New Englander and then your earliest memories of anything artistic sure and then all the way through (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i was born in connecticut so i was raised in new england and i'm definitely a new england person it's out of all the places i've traveled to and painted you know you can't wait to get back home to where you sort of belong and my favorite places are are definitely new england um my starting out time as a child was just that I drew on everything um, all the time. Um, my homework was constantly turned in with doodles all over it. Uh, one of those did. Um, just give me a, just give me a, yeah, just give me a surface and I'll, I'll, I'll do something with it. <laughs> my, my notebooks. It was more. It was more pictures, and there were notes, you know. And, and um, love it. I, I even, I even took my father's. My father had this dresser that he had refinished, and um, it was in my room. And I decided to, you know, spruce it up. That <laughs> <laughs> he did not appreciate. He that. did not appreciate. That, but, but I lived through it. <laughs> and you did live to tell the story. Oh, yes. I, I feel my children had little artistic excursions in the same vein. So um, talk about your, your training. When did you kind of realize art was a thing for you? Yeah, so in high school, I was definitely encouraged by teachers to pursue art and had a couple of really good teachers that, that did that. I'm really thankful for that. Um, I knew I, I knew I wanted to be an artist probably all my life. I just didn't know what that even was. Mm. You know, <clears throat> can you be an artist? Can you do something with it? And I think so. I went to Pear College of Art, and they were a great school for you know teaching the the fundamentals and classic training. And I I, w- I went there as actually for illustration purposes. Okay. Um, I think my parents 
think my parents were were fine with me going into art if you know if there was some some way to make some money doing it um, with yeah. a career pur purpose. I think I was always more of a fine artist, but um, I went along with the gig of the illustration idea. And really, I I, I can remember you know showing a pair of my portfolio and. It was mostly just a lot of drawings and some paintings, but I, I, at that point, I was not a, a painter. I think we're all just, you know, what do you know in high school, right? Um, so I got accepted based on, you know, I think it was more about my, my creativity and my imagination more, more than my skill level at that point. Mm -hmm. But they, they were a great school as far as teaching me how to. Um, you know, really pursue the, you know, I was maybe learning illustration, but all the, all the fine art practices. And Ken Davies was the dean of the school at the time. He's a photo, super photo realist painter. Okay. Um, they really taught you how to paint in that style, how to work in that style. I mean, drawing everything, just it was it was just really good. It was a great training. It was a great base, and mm -hmm. um, I think I think even at that point I knew that maybe photorealism wasn't my gig per se. But I realized that it was the training that I needed. You know, needed you, you need you need a good base. You know, right. Um, but I was I was doing portrait stuff i was really into the figure and portrait uh studies and whatnot and i thought that that's kind of what i would do um along with illustration and then you graduate from four years of art school thinking you know everything <laughs> finding out that you know nothing uh, i did a little bit of illustration work but but it, it really was not where i wanted to to go so I, I started to, um, I kind of, I kind of went off on a, um, you know, I got away from it a little bit because I was trying to do some, some illustration work and, and whatnot, but I was also trying to, um, I needed a job, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I had a, yeah. So I had, had a job that wasn't in the field. Um, I started a family. And then it was this, I, this realization that, um, you know, I need, I need to pursue this. How am I going to really pursue art and um, while you're working a full-time job? Yeah. That was a good one, right? So it did not let you go. It was uh, a burning. No, it wouldn't let, it wouldn't let me go. I mean, I, yeah. I, um, what I what I did was I, you know, I was always reading them. Back in that time, the, the American Artist Magazine was the magazine, you know, and I was reading Charles Mavali articles, what he would do um, a conversation with and have a painter's name, and he would do these very personal, personable, great interviews with with artists about their style and. You know how they work and um, 
through those articles, you learned a lot about what how they worked, but also who they were. Mm -hmm. um, really fun. Now, um, didn't he do an article on you? He did. Um, I, did I was did blessed you to dream about that or guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of those things where you just don't even think yeah. about it. But uh, okay, so sorry. Carry on. <laughs> no, that's all right. So I, that was doing. I was doing. So I started. I built myself a, a studio in the basement of my first um, home, and you know, did the whole thing myself with my brother and my. Uh, Brother-in-law, yeah. See, there's those words that escape me. <laughs> and then um, I set it up to be like a portrait studio, you know, because I was doing some portrait stuff. But I'm, but I'm, you know, trying, trying to get it myself into doing that, and trying to, you know, I'm reading these articles by Mavali and stuff about landscape painting, and so. I start doing some portraits, but I start going outside to paint. Because um, some part of me, you know, felt some inclination to do it. I think at first it was like this sort of, a, oh, that might be fun, you know, get my get my painting skills back, you know, hone my painting skills. Um, so I would try to go out when I could. And then it was just sort of like this light bulb went off, you know, hammer on the head. It, it just felt like what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. and I haven't done a portrait since. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, had really you done anything landscape wise before that? Had you done, or was that like your first time you just went out? Back, back, in, back in school, I had roommates and we would, we would go out and try to do some plein air work sometimes. And honestly, it wasn't my thing. Yeah. It was kind of fun to be out there, but but it just that you know it didn't click at that point. Mm. Um, so, do you think it was um, the the articles of the artists you were reading through Charles Mavali? Did that kind of? I I think you know that obviously had a big was a big factor in it. And once I started trying to paint the landscape, and I really immersed myself in it, and really really wanted to. To, to do this and so I um, found a Charles Mavali workshop wow. he was doing a work he did several workshops that got um, he traveled all over but he was doing one in Port Clyde at the time and so I went up there for a week-long workshop with him and oh my god that was like that was a life changer um, Kind of, you know, because I, I was going out by myself and just painting and, and reading things about stuff. But back in, back at that time, there wasn't like wasn't like the plein air movement of today. There was right. really very few, if they were around. I didn't, you know, I couldn't find them. <laughs> and yeah. then, um, so watching him and I mean his demos and his talk, everything everything that came out of his mouth was just. Amazing, and um, his his um, passion for it was so obvious and um, and, and so inspirational. And so I took that workshop, and at the end of the week, um, he thanked me for t taking his workshop, and he told me he'd 
like to do an article on me. Wow. Which, which was like, really? Like, I haven't really been painting landscape very long. And it actually took almost five years for that to happen. <laughs> because you feel his pain. It took me so long. No. <laughs> well, from in, in this in this instant, it was because he was just so busy. Okay. And, um, he told me to he told me to make sure that I sent him notes to remind him because he wanted to do it, but he was very busy and traveling a lot and stuff. Yeah. So I'd send him a note, and then I hit you know this is back like still everything snail mail. I'd get these postcards from him, and it'd be like I haven't forgotten about you and blah blah and you know some little words of wisdom and and hope, and then about. Four years later, he came out and interviewed me, and um, and it took about took almost another eight months for it to actually show up. I think, but yeah, but, but so that was that was all of that. You know, wor working with him was like um, you know sort of an invitation, a, a, an acknowledgement that I was on the right track, and yeah. and so. That just gave me, you know, more fuel for the fire, and, and around that. At this time, were you still working your full-time job? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was working for a newspaper with crazy hours, and um, wow, you know, the, pa the passion was definitely there because there was. I, I just started taking, you know, I was out of, I was raising a family and and whatnot, so. I, I had a lot of different hats I was wearing, but um, I, I um, started making sure that I was doing something every day. Wow. I could do my pursuit of being a painter. Because, you know, my goal was I wanted to be a full-time painter. I always liked, I always liked to teach. Um, so I made that as part of my goal. So I was... I was doing some outdoor shows, outdoor events, um, winning prizes, selling, started selling paintings. Mm -hmm. I would, at least once a month, if not um, a couple times a month, I would take the train into New York City and immerse myself into going to a museum, going to galleries, um, so any, anything, you know, to kind of keep fueling that fire. Right. Days that I was super busy, I would maybe just pull out a um, sketchbook and make a sketch. Um, pull my car over the side of the road and and make a sketch of something at 5:35 a.m. because I was working for a morning newspaper, so I was out early. So I got to see lots of sunrises, wow. a lot of inspirational landscape. So kind of kind of a you know it's kind of a weird. Uh, blessing in disguise you know that you're you're doing this other job but it also kind of gets you out there and you're seeing all this beautiful stuff mm. and I um so I just I had I, I kept notebooks and sketchbooks and I just did something every day and that little bit of something every day kind of helps you to kind of see the, that the road is going forward that you're moving forward mm. now you have um just as an insert here, how did that affect your children? Because don't you have a son that's an artist as well, or several? <laughs> yeah, we had, 
mom and I have six kids in between us. So yeah. Um, yeah. So at some point, all the all the kids, you know, started, and and that's sort of down the road a little bit. But um, my Ben, my our oldest, um, was was definitely interested in painting, and I I had all my kids doing painting. Um, Oh, fun. When they were when they were really tiny, I mean, I can remember the first painting that that Ben did was called the Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But and my, and my son Zach, one time we we took a took a ride to go do some sketching, and he's a little guy, and he's got his own sketchbook, and he's all happy about going. And we drove probably like four or five miles to the spot that I wanted to go sketched the paint at some point and he um took out a sketchbook and he's he's drawing and ben's drawing and i'm drawing and then i look at zach's and it's like took the vertical part of the, the sketchbook and from the bottom going way up to the top there was like the squiggly line that went around here and up there and up at the top he's got near the top he's got like this kind of thing of the house and i'm like this is great. I'm like, that's, I'm like, what, what is this? You know, the squiggly line. He goes, that's our drive to get here. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he's the, he's more of the writer guy. So yeah, he was telling the whole story. Oh, that's great. But anyway, um, but that, that's, you know, that's around the same time that I, I met George Carpenter and Cove and Agunquit. Um, yeah, tell us about that connection. That um, you're on your website. You said it was George Carpenter who taught you patience. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about that, because you seem like such a patient person. What What does this mean? Well, there's a lot of parts of that, but um, George was George is, was one of a kind, kind of a gruff, gruff guy, but also sort of like a teddy bear, and. One morning, I was I went down to Perkins Cove. Well, I drove I drove down to Perkins Cove the night before, uh, and I found his gallery. It's the first time I had been there, and his gallery is the same place where Todd Benita Gallery is now, um, where we kind of help run that gallery. Right. So you know he had these paintings in the window, and his he had his bio up there and stuff, and it's like. You know, this guy can paint, you know, and he had, you could tell he had, he was a real deal. So the next morning I came back to see, see when he was open and it was before, it was early in the morning, you know, probably eight in the morning or something. And he was sitting out painting, sitting out in front of this gallery painting, which is something he always did all summer long. That's what, that was his thing. And he was sitting there set up with this paint box and and so I walked up kind of behind him and I'm watching him paint and he's painting and he kept stop pausing and he'd, he'd pick up his head and look out beyond his paint box and then go back to work and I'm looking at it going you know he's not painting any he's not painting what he there's nothing out there he's painting that something so finally he turned to me and he goes I like you. <laughs> he goes, he says, you're, you're, 
You've been standing there for 20 minutes and you haven't said a goddamn word. <laughs> so we struck up a conversation. He's like, do you paint? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, starting to paint. And I told him my background a little bit. He's like, well, why don't you go on a painting trip with me? I'm going to go up to, I'm going to go up to, uh, Beals Island um, in about I think, two or three weeks or something. I don't know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that was the beginning of a, you know, a long friendship. And, um, you know, George kind of ran hot and cold and you had to kind of watch what you said around him because he could take things really personal. But he had a lot of things, you know, he had a, he was, he grew up as a, he's dyslexic. So what he did in his lifetime was amazing because he was ahead of, he knew things about computers before I did. He figured his way around things. Um, and the, the man would send emails and they were almost unreadable. And, and, and yet, you know, he just, he pursued his passion. And he just immersed himself into it. And, and he was, like I say, it's a real deal. Yeah. And so um, when you go on a painting trip with him, you know, it was sort of like by his rules. And, and you know, you're up at a certain time, you're having breakfast by 6 a.m. and you're <laughs> out 7 a.m. and, you know, and whatnot. But, I mean, great, it was great stuff. And, he was full of stories because he he studied and knew ML Groupie personal personally from Rockport, um, painted with Chauncey Ryder and uh, Tommy Curtin up in Vermont and Don Stone and Paul Strasick and you know the list goes on and on. No. So we had some great stories, and he didn't want to like he didn't want to really be a teacher, but but he couldn't help himself to um, want to also give out some knowledge. And so sometimes we'd drive, I would, I would drive from Connecticut to Agunquit to um, paint with him, you know, it's, you know, like for a few days or something and might have plans to go, you know, get up and have breakfast and go paint down the road, but he'd get this inkling that he wanted to go paint someplace that was two and a half hours away. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, falling. Because <laughs> um, he had, he, you know, he had this, I understand it more now that, that, you know, you just get this place, you get this, get these places in your mind that you, certain days might be, you know, really great or it, just um, something you want to make a painting of. So we might drive, you know, we dr make these long drives sometimes. But I got, you know, gave me a chance to talk with him and hear a lot of things that he had to say. So oh, yeah. that was great. So that went on for a long time. And, nice. um, and even even when I um, when I met Pam um, after my first marriage dissolved, we blended a family of six, three kids each, like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and we both decided we were going to keep pursuing the art 
and um, been doing that since day one. So nice. um, she got to, she got to know George too. So that was neat. So where does the patients come in? Was it patients and patients? oh yeah, the patients? Yeah, that was a that was. Um, George saw my potential, but he was like, he, he would always say to me, you know, don't be too quick to get yourself out there. Like, don't, don't just start pursuing galleries because you want to sell your work. Um, don't, don't, you know, don't think you're beyond where you're at. You know, he kind of like tried to, wasn't, wasn't trying to discourage me. It was just trying to keep it real, I think. And he, you know, he asked me how old I was at that point, and um, he said, "Well, it's time to time to get get serious and hone your craft." And you know, you, so you got work to do, and you know, it, it takes patience, mm -hmm. you know, to to work. You know, not it's not a it's not a it's not you know it's not you're not playing. You're trying you know you're trying to do something. Um, serious uh, as much as Emma I love to paint I'm a playful painter but you know it's still serious work and um, and um, he just made sure that I was keeping it real and um, I think the whole the whole thing of like working a full-time job at that point and figuring out how to get to that next stage is it is definitely a, a learning patience kind of thing mm. and sticking to it you know i think i mean to to have children and a full-time job and still move forward is, is very commendable so <laughs> that's very tricky i mean you know i can see maybe they're they're high school going off to college maybe you have more time but wow it's just very well, we found we found ways to to make it work and um, at one point I, I, I started working for um, mentoring a deaf autistic artist and my my job was to pick her up every morning and bring her to a studio where she had a space and I had a space and mm -hmm. kind of paint that was my I was kind of getting paid to paint and and uh, mentor her and wow. uh, I was in the, I did that for five years, and she, when I first met her, she was doing about twelve paintings a year, very layered acrylic paintings that were maybe some of them are like six by eight, um, nothing very big. She'd work on one for about a month, and after five years of working with her, and I, I took her outside to paint plein air. I came and I took her on vacation once with us, <laughs> and um, the last year that I that I was mentoring her. She did 77 paintings, and some of them were like 40 by 60. Wow. Commission pieces. So some, sometimes it was like, who's mentoring who here? You know, she was, that is a fantastic success story. Because the, aut the autism would, uh, you know, she was, she was geared to go to work. Ever like, yeah. Work, you know? so, so it was, it was a cool experience. Right. Um, so part of that was how I transitioned to to, to being full-time and um, Pam Pam and I always knew we wanted to teach I was teaching before um, we were married um, I was running workshops 
and whatnot. And it always felt like the right thing to do. And Milk Rupee said it was part of our and part of our job to give back. And I learned so much from George and Malawi and, and whatnot that it was so important to it's an important part of what we do. Sure. And we so been teaching workshops now for twenty five years. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Really great. I mean, Let's go into some of that, your process, and, and then a little bit after that, I would like to talk about your teaching and that, but um, sure. you do paint both in the studio and a lot of plein air. Yes. So you would refer to photos in the studio or previous works done plein air? Or both? A, little bit, a little bit of both. Yeah. There was a time, there was a time when I was the, the plein air uh, purist, yeah. Okay. So I didn't want to work in a studio. I had to be outside. I had, you know, and some of that was because, you know, looking back, I think is because I didn't feel comfortable in the studio. I didn't know how to work in a studio. I didn't have enough outdoor experience to know how to bring it inside yet. Um, okay. And some of that was even just, you know, wanting to not have to go there. I don't know. Um, but when I, when I started painting, when I started going inside, like I, I worked with this artist, this deaf autistic artist, mm -hmm. that was my first um, studio experience because I, I was doing that three, three days a week. And so for three days, here's a studio, <laughs> figured out how to work in a studio. Yeah. And it does take some getting used to because you don't, you know, outside you're feeling what but you're, you're seeing things and you're immersed there and you're feeling them. But the truth is you can learn to remember those things and you can learn to get yourself back in that moment. And it's like anything, the more that you practice something, the better you get at it. Yeah. And so fast forward and now it's like, I love being outside, but I also love to see what I can do in the studio because I can, work from plein air sketches, I can work from photos, tune myself into what different days are like. So let's say, so, so Pam and I might go on a painting trip and um, bef before like doing studio work, you might go on a painting trip for five days and you get two days of rain and mm -hmm. one day of sun and two cloudy days and you, you know, you don't get enough. You don't, you don't come back with enough sometimes or, or um, so you you know you take photos and you make notes and you make sketches and you and you start to hone that part of of yourself and that method of working and then you develop it. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say I think you're probably the first person I've interviewed who's ever gone that direction it's usually their studio comfortable in the studio and go out and are a little traumatized by being out at first you know so that right. you say that's well, I, I have to say i was traumatized when i first went out i mean it was <laughs> okay it's, it's like the first time i went out there was like i was down by this river and there was like bugs and glare and you know the people bothering me and the whole you know everything everything you hear about um there's nothing you have to learn, you do have to learn from life and you develop your color sense outdoors and, you know, you learn, you learn to see things 
you can have two sunny days in a row, but they're both, they can both be very different. You learn to see the subtle ways that some days is more atmosphere or, you know, less atmosphere that might be just the way that there's uh, more of a breeze or the clouds or just, there's no day is the same. There's never a day that's exactly the same, ever. Yeah. And so, again, then you just, in, in the studio, what's great about the studio is you get to remember all these things and, and you also get to not necessarily, not necessarily take your time because I want to sort of paint in that same, I want to keep the same momentum and the same thrill of it that I, that I feel when I'm out there um, and the same painting with the same speed. Um, I think that's part of it is making sure that you're not changing your game around totally in the studio. Are all of your works done a la prima then? Um, pretty much. I mean, it, it, it depends what you want to call, how purist you want to get with the term a la prima. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll start a big painting and usually I, any painting, I block it in in some, in some way. Sometimes it's more directly and sometimes it's a little bit more of some, you know, values and washes and, and whatnot. The bigger paintings that I do will be a little more thought out and you know more sessions whatever but um but you still want to keep that same spontaneity Mavala used to say that you know you you might spend you know a long time on a painting and changing things around but it shouldn't look that way you know it should look like it's I, all, yeah all. i saw that quote on your website and i saved it because i thought it was very yeah maybe tell me how it really goes <laughs> I did. I did a screenshot. I loved it. It was, um, it can't look like you've worked hard and long, even if you have. A painting should be done quickly with both your intellect and your nerves. When they give out, stop. <laughs> that sums up painting. That really does. Yeah. Um, you know, I had the good fortune, Pam and I both, to go visit Charles, Charlie and his wife, Dale, in Gloucester many times and be in a studio and he'd be show, showing us work and he'd be talking about uh, looking at these paintings and they were just some mind blowing and he'd, he'd be pointing to a passage and saying, see this passage right here? You know, like I, I, I wiped that off like four times, you know, and like, boy, that's when some, when someone of his genius self-provision yeah. to, to take four tries or maybe even more, it kind of wakes you up and to realize that okay, if it's not the if it's not if it's not really what you intended, you know, do it. Don't do settle. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, even John Singer Sargent talked about that. Right. Like about the whole face, just because you got something wrong with the eye. Yeah, I, I feel like that. You know, when I when I'm I'm sensing that this should this is wrong, we should stop. We should change. Sometimes you're so far in, you're like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Put this next to it or that, you know, and it's oh yeah, we're 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 our worst, we're our own worst enemies when it comes to you know we we always make things more difficult for ourselves. Yeah. We always instead of you know, like I'm the guy that believes in less is more and simplifying and all that. Yeah. But um, boy, to, to do that, you have to really trust your instincts and kind of go with the flow, and a lot of times people. You know, what I see with a lot of students is they, they get 
caught up in like you know it's almost like fear is like holds people back and afraid to do something and it's like just you know do something and, and get yeah. going that fear can be gripping you know i often find that uh, maybe the, the block in has some great energy and i'm afraid to touch it because oh yeah oh, <laughs> it's like okay I, it's gonna be downhill from here <laughs> i have a painting like that right now that i love to block in but i but now it's it's kind of you still get intimidated by thinking about going on i don't know if it's intimidating but it's just sometimes i like the freshness of the block in that i um i don't know i i, I need to i need to um make sure that i am going to paint it and keep that freshness so maybe some there's some kind of yeah maybe intimidation i gotten away from it for a little bit because of all the stuff going on yeah so I think part of that is that is like oh I got to get back into this and you sort of um, when things sit too long you sort of lose that ability to just jump back in yeah but I've always found and that's part of where I found for working in the studio is that you put a painting up and you know if you're if you're half into it or whatever just 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 start painting again don't overthink it you start start mixing up some paint and start putting it around and things will happen it's yeah. It, you know, it, it's, you can, you can stay, but it's good stay, to hear that yeah, Summum Love, your caliber, has that momentary thought, or, you know, because I feel like as a new new beginner, I just struggle so much with, with all of that fear. And um, yeah, you got to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Second guessing. But no, you, you are right, because I did have that experience uh, just last week see now that i'm actually home and and i'm working from home i've had time that i have not had for a while but just sometimes you look and i got halfway through this thing and it was looking really good and i started with the the oh my god i'm gonna kill it you know and then i was i made myself too busy i was too busy to work on it quote but actually it was just the fear of getting back to absolutely oh god yeah i mean that one night I just picked up that brush and I did just what you said. I just put paint on and I hit it. I just, <laughs> and that kind of just like, take that. I'm coming back, you know, and I don't know what it is that I do. to. Well, yeah. The, um, have you, have you ever heard of Robert Genn? Yes, yes. I get his news. Twice weekly letters. Yeah. I was taking that over. Right. He, he talked about, um, getting up in the morning and before you even have your coffee or do anything, just start throwing some paint on your canvas because it'll, it'll allow you to, you know, sort of make things happen. And, 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 you know, I don't, I can't say that I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is throw paint on my canvas, but, <laughs> but that, that kind of attitude is, is good. And plus when you teach, when you teach a lot and you, you know, I've done so many demos right. and you're just you're you're on so it's time to make it happen so you just make it happen and then so i take i take that same kind of approach when i'm just painting for myself yeah so let's talk a bit about your teaching um i i imagine that it was primarily plein air up until recently and and or did you do oh no you did studio teaching as well i, I do studio teaching too but Primarily, it started out as plain air. Okay. Um, and and tell us about you know how it works and how people can find what you're doing and. 
Oh, sure. And how it's morphed under the pandemic and what you're doing now. Well, we have several workshops that we do. Um, Pam and I are always thinking up ways to, I guess, you know, there's the, there's the whole thing about painting where you can just run a workshop and paint and demo and show people your process. And, and that's always part of it, but there's always, there's always sticking areas with certain part, parts of the painting process, maybe brushwork or, you know, working from photos, composition, painting greens, you know, just, so we like to, we like to run different workshops where we kind of concentrate on, on certain aspects of it. Okay. And we always, we always have a ton of workshops going. Um, and we're still we're still doing workshops this summer. Hopefully, some of them some of them that we've had we had in March and April have been postponed. Mm -hmm. um, but we're looking at um, how we can still do those. Um, what we're doing right now is I've been I've been doing a painting and critique group on Wednesdays for a while now where everybody, we meet at a spot and we paint for a few hours and then I critique the work and we have, you know, everybody gets a say and we get chat and whatnot. It's good, it's good camaraderie and it's good um, learning tool and um, the whole, you know, supportive of everybody. And so we immediately took that inside when we had to all be inside. And so, you know, we did the thing where we learned the, learned the Zoom, um, <laughs> it it all should be easier than it is but um i know everybody needs a 12 year old in the house for this stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah part part of it is because we're doing other things i'll get to that but um so so we brought that in immediately and started doing um stuff online and so we started thinking like you know let's make this more of a thing let's reach out to people that you know so so th this uh, this group was, you know, all people that live near here and would all meet up and paint. But now, you know, I have students and and people that have worked with us in the past, whatever that, um, or new students that don't live anywhere near here and and they're all stuck at home. So we started the Dave and Lucio's Art Circle. So we have a Wednesday group that meets at 1230 and we have a Wednesday night group that meets at 730. PM, obviously, and we have a Thursday day group that meets at twelve thirty. So we we started three different groups. Wow, they're all going, and everybody, you know, is is um, ten people in a group. Okay, and do people and, come with the work that they're in process, or do you work on it while you're together? How does it? No, so they so everybody works on stuff separately, okay. obviously independently. Um, whenever during the, during the week and then they send me photos and you know the night before okay and i uh then we'll we'll put them up on zoom and we'll talk about them and i'll i'll go on there with um uh, editing app and i can kind of make marks on them and talk about things and you know the whole the whole the whole basis is the you know Talk about what's working, why it's working, what's not working, and why it's not working, and what what can be done to maybe improve it. And it's a blast. Um, so we're 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 meeting up with people 
you know, it's, 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 it's actually a pretty good community tool. It's, um, and feeling like you're kind of all getting together. And with the Wednesday and Thursday group, um, we've reconnected with students from, from Connecticut and all over that we haven't seen in a while. And, um, so it's great. So, so have, you think you'll continue doing after this? We're gonna, yeah, we're, so it's kind of like, okay, let's continue this. Yeah. So. First, we, first we were like, oh, let's get through March and April. Now we're doing May and June. And um, it's it's a way, you know, what, what I see, what, what we're seeing is that people are happy that they get some painting, keep some painting. And then we get together as a group. And I made a Facebook page, a private faith Facebook page called David Lucio's Art Circle. So everyone can post other things they're doing or talk about stuff. And, and I make, Pam and I are making a video every week of some, something, a little demo, a little. Oh, good. To, to kind of put out there also to kind of hopefully inspire. So far they've been um, a little bit cookie cutter. I'm trying to learn a video editing tool and pulling my hair out because I, I feel for you. <laughs> I, I made, I was working on one this morning and I got the whole thing kind of the way I wanted to spliced up and everything. And then as I was playing it back, like the first 10 seconds, I think the first little thing I spliced in was like 10 seconds long and I could hear myself talking and then everything else was, there was no sound. <laughs> <laughs> miss this stuff. I'm trying to figure out how to get it to be the sound that uh, seems that I put them in there. I put the clips in without sound somehow. So yeah. anyway, I'll do that. So um, where are you, first of all, where are you advertising this? Is it on Facebook, Instagram, just your uh, website? Or? On our website, uh, davidlucergallery.com. And we do have some openings coming up for May. And um, so right now we have, I have uh, a link up there for May and June. Um, and everybody would just pay online. I've, I've set up every every workshop we have up there. I've got a secure uh, link to, for payment. Um, right. And all the workshops we're doing, you know, have all the descriptions and whatnot. And we're doing one in, in May called painting. I was talking about painting greens. I get a lot of, a lot of things that I put together sometimes are people that are saying, you know, you should do a workshop about painting greens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because it seems like one of the, something that people get really frustrated with because, um, yeah. Oh, green do I use? Whatever. So, it, so we're doing a, doing a two day workshop, three day workshop actually called painting greens and end of May. I'm hoping that we can do it at our studio because we do, run some workshops in our studio in Rollinsford. Oh, that one's outside. Pam, I hear Pam's voice. Pam's voice. <laughs> Hi, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not a, yeah, that's outside. That makes sense. It's May. So, um, so we're hoping we can do that, even if we have to social distance in some way. Hopefully, you know, life will be coming a little bit back into order by then. Um, have you done any um, teaching workshops online aside from the critique classes um i haven't done that yet one of the things that one of the things i've been working on prior to this my time timing is so weird 
is for months I've been talking about and working on little by little um, putting putting some workshops online specifically online that people can call I'm calling like mini workshops okay people people be able to access that pay for it and access it and kind of do things on their own yeah and so that requires a lot of different things and and videos yeah uh, and so learning how to make those smooth I, I i have a vision for how i want it to be i'm not there yet but we're getting there but um that's going to happen and we are doing a, a workshop for the new hampshire art association um Ooh. tentatively beginning of june we're still working with them on that but it's going to be an online thing okay we're going to do it with the zoom app and it's it's called speed painting oh, and I about this <laughs> I think it was Pam that told me about your speed painting, actually. When yeah. I so speed painting, it, you know, it sounds, it's kind of a weird name, I guess. But um, so when I was in art school, I was, we, we had this um, instructor who would, you know, paint still lifes each week and, and whatnot. And he had us doing these exercises called speed painting. And I've always remembered them because... It just made you work intuitively and realize that you can get a lot more done and down on the canvas quicker than you realize that you can. Because a lot of times we're just think, you know, thinking, overthinking, thinking, <laughs> thinking, is, thinking is the death, the death of the painter. So, so what we do is um, we work with still life objects, but. Basically, people are working with three objects, like a little, little canvases, eight by 10 canvases. So you're working with three objects that are gonna fit on an eight by 10 canvas and in a life size kind of thing. They don't have to go together. I don't, it's an it's a exercise. Right. Um, and you, you, you know, put it in a, in a box or you light it some way so you get some light, like a still life and Basically, you paint that in 35 minutes. And then we, we take a look at what people have done. And we talk about um, some ways to think about mass, group massing things or, or whatnot, how, how, how you can think a little bit um, to improve. Then, it, then everybody adds an object. So now you've got four objects. And you paint that in 35 minutes. But you're painting the same objects the way they're located same same place that they are and we and we go on from there but um can i so, ask where you came up with 35 minutes in particular um because i because i think that um we've been known to give people a few extra minutes here and there but um the whole <laughs> the whole idea is that once by the end of the workshop we go back to painting the three original objects and we give people an hour to do it and generally what we find is that they don't know what to do with the next the last 10 minutes of time because they're they're sort of done okay um, so so it's it starts it's a workshop that starts off with lots of lots of nervous energy like oh my god i can do this in 35 minutes oh my god i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> and even you know i demo something and i got 35 minutes and i'm like you know i'm nervous too but, uh, 
So this is through the New Hampshire Art Association. Is that where people would sign up or on your website for that? It's probably going to be in both places, but, um, but we haven't, we don't have that totally figured out yet, but okay. we're doing that one because we think we can do it. You know, people can work individually that way. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll be, will we be doing more things online like that? You know, it's a, I guess it's a wait and see kind of thing, but, um, but speed painting is a great way to, to kind of hone, um, hone your, your intuitive skills. Cause all that stuff is, like I said, the, anything you practice, you get better at. So if you're, if you're, if you have to work fast and, and be more intuitive, and that's why you work fast, so you'll, so you'll be more intuitive. Right. Well, I did, I remember a couple of years ago, I did a, a class with Todd and one of the exercises at the beginning was to do, you know, basically value study painting in uh, 25 brush strokes. That, that, you, could, you could essentially take your time, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can only do 25, you know? So I found well, that to be very helpful. Yeah, it's really helpful. And what happens with speed painting is like, when you get up to the more objects that you add, you start and you start to realize, you know, you start to understand those objects each time you paint them. So you get faster at, you know, either drawing them or getting the shapes, you start to realize you've got to really think in shapes and not get too detailed, right? And then you can you start thinking about how, oh, I'm going to paint more about, I'm going to paint more about this. I'm sorry if I lost you there for a second. Yeah, you gotcha. my, my, my iPad is telling me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize I took this charge thing out here. Um, so I, so what you find is like, okay, so I'm going to paint more about this object because this is what the painting is about. Ah. And this group over here, I'm going to do less with it. And I can soften these edges. You know, like you learn, like that's what painting's all about. You know, if you're out there a landscape painting, you don't, everything's not as important as the main thing. So you really learn how to do that. And I haven't seen, I've never, we've never seen anybody not improve and walk away from it all smiles, you know? Wow, great. Um, that sounds un not to say that you're going to go outside and just make paintings in 35 minutes, but <laughs> but you realize that you, in 35 minutes you can get a good base down, and then then you can step back and kind of you know go back in there because it, it's um you know painting's never about like making this drawing and then filling everything in. you know you're not filling in a drawing you're painting, mm -hmm. and so you learn you learn how to take that brush and draw with the brush and carve things back out and um, move things around. And, you know, the painting process should be fun. You should have, should be having fun. Yeah. So um, let's talk just briefly about, I noticed on your website, you're the official U.S. open artist. I am one of them, yeah. Eight, <laughs> oh, one of them, one of, one of them for the United States Golf Association, but you have four works in their permanent collection in New Jersey, which is pretty cool. I do, yes. It, it, it was pretty, that on air painting? Were you out there painting guys on the course? How did that work? Um, that's how you get killed. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so you're, it's a great thing to be, you know, it's an honor to be asked to do that. And I love the game of golf. So mm -hmm. I think somewhere in one of your questions was something about what do you do to keep your, fill the well or something. Yeah. And, you know, for me, like getting out and playing some golf and, 
walking around and stuff is, is good stuff. Um, so Panning US Open courses is, 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 has been amazing. Um, and so you, generally, you know, these are courses where, you know, they're not really gonna want you standing out there painting because people are trying to play golf, for one thing. And um, you could probably get, I could probably get out there earlier or later or whatnot. But I've, I've just done some little sketching and, and note taking and photographing and then go in my studio and make things happen. Mm. Yeah. Nice. And talk about painting. Talk about painting greens. You're literally painting greens. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's good. But people can also um, buy prints of those, I think, right? Yes. I have a. You have a link. I, I have a link on my website, but I also David Lucier, LucierArt.golf. Art.golf. Okay. And tell us about your book, My New England. When did you do that, and what is the so I, I did that like, probably probably seven or eight years ago now i think okay i just you know you, you you make a lot of paintings over the course of time and some of them are more a a plus paintings or you know your better paintings um and i just i i, I just have this close connection to new england i, I really feel New England and in my bones, you know, like like that. Like I said, I I like I like to travel other places and paint other places, but I my first love is is everything New England. So I just wanted to put together a book of some of my work and put it out there and hope that it gave people a good feeling and maybe it was inspirational or whatever um, to yeah. see how how amazing this area is. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, Pam and I moved here four years ago. We're glad that we're here in the Seacoast area. Well, we are glad you're both here on the Seacoast area for sure. Um, and, and you go up to Monhegan a lot, and I understand you often go with your family. Yes. Kids. So this year, our Monhegan workshop, which is filled, um, will be our 21st year. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. <laughs> and so, we, you know, just Monhegan is magical, as you know. You've probably been there. I haven't, actually. I, I haven't. will. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're missing out. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so so um, we started going there and painting and teaching. And then we were like, oh, let's take the kids there. And so the first time took everyone, um, I think our... Our youngest was turning seven during that week, and our oldest was 17, and so everything in between. So we um, wondered what they would, how they would like Monhegan, you know, without any kind of, there's not much to do there. Yeah. Turns out that they absolutely loved every minute of it, and so that became our, our thing. Mm -hmm. And recently we've had a, you know, Everyone's spread out. We have from California to Rhode Island, New York, and Missouri, and um, yeah, you know, San Francisco. And, um, but um, we get together. Last year we got together in June, and um, we were all there, and people brought their significant others, and um, 
just a great, great family reunion. So we've had a few of those since um, since people have been spread around. Because a lot of times people don't get home, don't make it home for Christmas or you know the holidays. Yeah. I think our first time we said it was going to be, you know, Christmas in July or something. Yeah. Yeah, we do. My kids are spread out too, and we do Thanksgiving week. So that's when we all get one spot. <laughs> Spouses, <laughs> grandkids, everything. So that's the one week we can do it. But that's really special that you can do that at Monhegan. And doesn't, uh, is it your son, Ben, that I met who has some kind of uh, intern gig or something out there? He's been good. He, you know, he's been painting Monhegan. He's been painting the back of the island. And he's, you know, he's young and fit and he runs around out there with <laughs> big paintings and comes back and goes back out and comes back you know um <laughs> so he you know he's he's worked he's worked out there for um, a few different um six months stints during the oh, during that's, okay. that's what i'm confused yeah. he's told me he's so done. so he's he really feels the island and um he's painting a lot of the back of the, like i said the back of the island and um He's got his work out there and lots, lots of galleries starting to happen. So nice. Nice. Okay. Just a few quick questions. As yes. We're down here. What does success mean to you as an artist? <sighs> getting up every day and getting it done. <laughs> I paint before the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, just, um, you know, you, you, a life well lived. You try to paint, you know, and yeah. And, We've reached it. You were the full-time other job and your goal was to be doing this and you're doing it. Yes. We've been doing it for a while. And it's, it's, um, it's, all, we, I think we work all the time. It seems like, but we love every minute of it. So yeah. and I'm always saying we, cause you know, Pam is my, my other half. And, right. and uh, yeah. So, I mean, the fact, the fact that we can do it full time, it's great. We're blessed. I, I consider it a blessing. Yeah. Um, it does take a lot of work, but I think, that um, the main thing is you try to put out the best paintings you can do. And like George Carpenter told me years ago, you know, to, it's time to get to work and hone your skills and, and hone your craft. So you try to make the best paintings. Good. Okay. Funny or unusual planetaries? <laughs> <laughs> Must have. Probably, yeah, probably one of the kind of funny and scary one at the same time was um there's this great farm this great area in connecticut off a of main road that just rolling hills and farms and all kind of just beautiful old stuff and there's lots of signs everywhere that say no trespass no trespass they're everywhere <laughs> <laughs> one day i was out and i'm on the side of the road so i'm not on anyone's property and I'm realizing that, oh, so back up a little bit. So I actually tried to like, I, I tried to go to these houses where I thought this, you know, I couldn't really tell who owned the property exactly, but I'm going, I'm, I'm going to a place that seems kind of obvious. Lots more signs of like, don't come here. <laughs> and I'm knocking on doors and I'm trying to get permission and stuff that I, you know, going to be the, the mild artist and see if they'll allow me to paint. Because most people are really good about that stuff, you know. Yeah. If you're an artist, you're you're welcome in a lot of places. Um, couldn't find anybody. Tried for several days. I tried many times. So I, 
So I'm painting on the side of the road and I'm, and I'm realizing that if I just go up on this field about six feet, it goes up a hill a little bit. Then I could really see over this little hill down into the valley kind of. So I'm like, well, it's not my, my best decision, but I decided that I'm going to move over there. So six, I'm on someone's property, six feet. And I'm thinking, if someone shows up, I'll explain to them that I've been trying to paint there a long time and I knocked on their door now a bit. Um, well, so I'm painting and I'm like halfway into a painting and this tractor comes up the road. And then, so I'm like, the main road and then the side road that I'm on, it's kind of dirt road. He comes up the main road and he turns down the dirt road and he goes past me. Doesn't say anything, right? I'm expecting him to stop and say something. Doesn't say anything. So I'm like, cool. So he goes by me. Then he, quite a ways up the road, he takes a left into the field. He's now he's in the field on that property. So I'm like, oh, it doesn't, I guess he doesn't mind I'm here. He goes in maybe a hundred yards, turns left. You know, he's kind of he's coming at me, but like a hundred yards up up that way and so then he gets to where he's like in my line of sight yeah. and he turns towards me <laughs> oh no <laughs> and now he at me with this big giant tractor and i'm painting and i'm watching him he's coming he's coming he's coming <laughs> and i don't know if he's going to just ru run me over um oh, no. bit, so i'm kind of freaking out and he and he, he stopped his tractor right in front of my ears like right like he could, <laughs> Another inch, he would have run, run it over. And so he says, you're trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, you know, I, I, you know, I think part of me was thinking that I think 10 feet, I think the town owns like the first 10 feet of land or something. I don't know. Right. Um, but so I said, I'm sorry. You know, I apologize. And I said that I've been knocking on doors and I've been wanting to paint here a long time. I, you know, make my living doing this and, and, you know, I'm saying all these rational things, thinking, expecting him to say, um, okay, you know, something like that. Because I get that, I get that a lot. And um, he says, well, hmm, he, he's pondering it for a little bit. And he says, tell you what, I'm thinking, here comes the good news. <laughs> I'm going to count to 30. <laughs> and if you're not off this property, I'll run you over. Oh my gosh. Oh. Without hesitation, he goes, one, <laughs> two. <laughs> wow. And so, you know, you learn how to take, pack up your stuff quickly, I guess, oh. with rainstorms and things happening. And, uh, Gee. Well, that's one you didn't finish, I guess. <laughs> well, I didn't finish, never went back there. I've heard of other artists that have, tried to paint along the side of the road and even get get hassled um, and told to get the heck out of there, yeah. even though really not trespassing. But <laughs> yeah. All right, last question. If yeah. you paint anywhere with anyone, any painter or any other artist from any era, where would it be? Where would you go? Any era? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> My permission. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my. That I would. Uh, I would paint with George Bellows on Monhegan Island. Oh my God. Mm. That would be it. I mean, right there, right? 
I mean, for me, for me, George Bellows is sort of like the the guy who um, bridged the gap between realism and um, almost expressionism in a way. And he, he 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 was able to in his time. He was painting. He was accepted by the uh, National Academy in New York City, but at the same time, he was he was very ahead of his time. You know, modern. Mm-hmm. So. So seeing a show of his in New York back in those days when I was going to New York, once in a while he he was the um, went to a show at the Frick um, Museum, and there was about seventy paintings of his, and it just like was mind blowing. And since that day, he's been my, I mean back 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 when I was younger and seeing John Singer Sargent, that was sort of one of the catalysts of making getting me into painting. I think, but. Um, where George Bellows really kind of set the bar because he did so much with color and uh, paint and um, yeah, him and him and Robert Henry and those guys they yeah. they studied the palette systems of Denman Ross and H.G. Murata and um, that stuff fascinates me and so his paintings of Monhegan are some of the finest things I've ever seen so. If I could spend a day with him on my league, and that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Okay, and what galleries are you in? Where can people go to see some of your work? Um, galleries I'm in. I'm in, uh, um, well, I'm in Todd Mia Gallery in Perkins Cove in Fort Smith. I'm in the Wiscasset Bay Gallery in Wiscasset, Maine. Love that gallery. Mm-hmm. Love all my galleries, but I was, I was, uh, Passed that gallery many times before I actually um, tried to get in there. Um, Landmark Gallery in Kennebunkport. Laffer Gallery in Schuylerville, New York. Um, Uptown Gallery, Finer Line in Mystic, Connecticut. I think that's it. And, and what are the galleries doing right now? Are they doing some online catalogs or anything like that? I certainly, I certainly know that some of them are, are trying to do um, online stuff. Um, certainly, if they're not open, they're they're um, available in some way and whatnot. Um, and I know, like Landmark Gallery, sent out an email to all the stable of artists saying that they would waiting to see how things went for the season, but they would be definitely putting work up online and and whatnot so um it's kind of touch and go i guess (laughs) there is yeah okay and your website again what's your website oh sure uh david gallery.com so on your website it's it's very beautiful and it's very um full there's a lot on there so much to enjoy there's some blog pieces there's some um anyway your long long list of accolades so i do I do, I do that all myself. I do yeah, do you? Well, there you go. Look how tech savvy. See? <laughs> 12 year old. Okay, so, um, but I noticed there too that you do this whole circuit of these plein air events and shows. So tell us about those and, and what you've, what you've yeah. done. Some of your favorites or highlights because the list is long. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I always wanted, you know, I always, I can remember, um, you know, going back quite a few years, the Laguna 
Plain Air Painters Invitational out in Laguna Beach, California was a thing. And I was looking at some other artists that had been invited out there. I was like, oh, I'd like to be invited there someday. And then someone saw my work in a gallery in Williamstown, Mass. That's no longer there, the Harrison Gallery um, from, from that area. And so I got invited to go out there. And that was like my first plein air event. Wow. I, I can't say I was like really prepared. But uh, I mean, all the, the traveling to get there, um, I'm almost sad to admit that I, that was my first time I actually flew in a plane. Because yeah. I didn't have a guy that likes planes, but now I don't mind. Um, so going out there in a three-hour difference and oh. being in this competition, was it was great. I mean, it was fun. It was interesting. It was an eye-opening experience. And it made me realize I had to step up my game. Mm. That, that it was, you know, that um, there's some really solid painters. And um, so after that, I mean, I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of them. I did that a few times and I stopped doing that when Pam went through that illness that she went through for a number of years. Yeah. I wasn't traveling. And since that time, um, I don't do as many as I used to because it's kind of a hit or miss situation in a way. Like they're, they're wonderful. I, I, I don't really do it for necessarily for the competitive part of it. Just do it to go to a place and kind of immerse yourself into a place. Um, see the other artist, you know, it's kind of like a um, time to kind of hang out and plus made friends with so many host families and people that take care of you. So it's, it's wonderful in that way. Um, I've had some success with winning prizes and I, I can't say that I'm not competitive at all. I, I, do, I don't mind winning. <laughs> there not, not the primary, you know, not out there going, I'm going to win this thing, you know, and because yeah. whoever, whoever wins is, they deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like how, mm -hmm. however it goes, that's how it goes. Um, yeah. and it's fun to see how much work can be produced by the number of artists at an event. Wayne, Pennsylvania has been a good one for me. I think this is their 14th year and I've done it every year except for two years when I was doing I, I did back-to-back -back U.S. Open paintings, and they were all okay. like due around that time, so I just yeah. couldn't do it. But I wasn't—I was supposed to do them, I just couldn't do them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a number of great. Plain Air Richmond was a great event that's no longer happening. Um, Easels and Frederick was a great event that's no longer happening. Hope, hope some of these places will come come back because it's just fun to travel the places and. Um, mm -hmm. And, and 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 do that. Um, I was excited about even excited about doing Tam's, Tam work this year. Yeah, and that's you know, I mean, nothing's happening. Let's put it that way. There's no planar event yeah. happening right now. Um, yeah. Oh, Wayne, yes, Pam's telling me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wayne Wayne is going to happen in October this year. Good. So I'll be doing Wayne in October. It coincides the exact same week as Cape Ann Plain Air, which I love doing Cape Ann Plain Air. But um, I have more of a following in Wayne, so I'm, I yeah. can't do both. I'll end up doing, uh, I mean, I haven't been in, I haven't gotten juried into Cape Ann right now. Anyway, I'd have to see if I get 
Jerry in, but um, but that's a good one and fun one. So it's an enjoyable part of being a planer painter is to do those events. Is there one in particular that you uh, would like to do sometime just to experience maybe the 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 particular area or the the painters that go to uh, it? In particular? I know I'm interested in doing a lighthouse event in Florida. Oh. Um, we actually talked about maybe doing doing it this year, and we actually had interestingly we had talked about for a couple of years or a few years we've been doing something in Naples, Florida, like a private workshop. And last year we were like going around, staying with different friends and whatnot on the way down and back. And while we were there, and and we were setting up all these things to happen for this year with some teaching sort of get out of the winter for a little while, maybe like a six week period. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, like none of it panned out, none of it panned out. And I didn't apply to like playing at the lighthouse event because um, I was planning these other things. That's all a blessing in disguise because that with all this stuff happening, we would have been sort of down there, right. kind of rushing back here or something. So a lot of that wouldn't have even had happened anyway, I think. Right. And, but so so lighthouse plein air, and I know there's um, couple in Colorado. So so I'd love to go to Colorado and paint sometime. I've only been there one time, and mm. I, I drove my son out there to go to college, and stayed for about three days. <laughs> Colorado has some amazing things. It'd be mm. fun. Uh, doesn't even matter what plein air event it is. I think it'd just be fun to go there, or just go there and paint. <laughs> right. Sounds good. Okay, well, this has been fantastic talking. Thank you again. I'm here. I'm here. Thank you so much. And uh, everybody can check out your upcoming classes and schedule on your website and your Facebook. Yes, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, good. you got that nice smiley face there. And <laughs> <laughs> it's good to, see, good to see you in this midst of all this crazy stuff happening in the world. Yeah. To but I know that uh, somewhere down the road, I will see you in person. <laughs> yes, sure. Thank you again. Thank you. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.